Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome to the Lockdown Flyers podcast for Monday, January 24th, your daily dose of Flyers news analysis and high quality content that thinks I sound as bad as the Flyers are playing. Everything is great. <laughs> Thanks for making Lockdown Flyers your first listen every day. You can follow us on Twitter at Lockdown Flyers to keep up to date on all of our episodes, Flyers news. You can also email the show at lockdownflyers at gmail.com. I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here with Russ Cohen, who's on Twitter at Sportsology. On today's show, we're going to talk about Saturday afternoon's uh, debacle in Buffalo. <laughs> then we're going to look ahead to tonight's matchup against the Dallas Stars. And then our nemesis of the week, which I think will probably be a good one this week. <laughs> Locked on Flyers is free and available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, wherever you are listening. So subscribe and you will get all of our episodes here on the Locked on Sports Network. All right, Russ. So uh, it's like it's hard to come up with a, a good thing to start off talking about that game with because like even it was bad before the game started. So true. Uh, we learned that Joel Farabee is going to be out up to four weeks with that upper body injury. We thought we had some good news with Wade Allison checking into the lineup for his first Flyers game of the season, but we'll get to that. Uh, Jackson Cates was the other one to get the call up. Interestingly, interestingly, Connor Bunneman got sent back down to the Phantoms. Uh, he played down there over the weekend. And uh, despite the fact that we were told Lindblom had a chance at being on that top line with Drew and Atkinson, Mike Yeo went with James Van Riemsdyk, which I think was a, the wrong choice. But what do it, I know? It is the wrong choice. No, you're right. So uh, the rest of the lineup, just wow, like the bottom six, there's like one solid NHLer in the lineup, yeah. which is a little bit disheartening. And so coming out of that six to three final score, I think there was a lot of things wrong with how the Flyers approached that game. They came out really weak first off and then could mm -hmm. not capitalize off the momentum of their two goals in the first period. Yeah, it's just when things go a little wrong for them, it's like the whole roof caves in. And so, like, if you're going to have, you know, an offsides call go against you, like, that's it. You're just going to throw your hands up. I, I mean, I, I did a tweet with, like, 13 minutes to go in the second period, and I said – this team is playing like it's the third period of a already decided game with a couple minutes left. That was yeah. the lack of enthusiasm that was going on on the ice. This was the best way I could describe it because I just it just popped in my head, and I'll explain it for people that don't know. Um, they were like the Washington Generals playing the Globetrotters, and if you don't know who the Harden Globetrotters are, and the Washington Generals are, it's almost a pre. It's pretty much a predetermined outcome that the Generals going to lose. It's just how they're going to lose, and that. Sabres team that had not won at home for what November something and is one of the worst teams in the league looked like a playoff team compared to the Flyers. That's how bad the Flyers were. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think you're spot on there. I think just from a X's and O's perspective, the other big thing that did them in was special teams. They were one for five on the power yeah. play, which, you know, it was good to see Giroux get, you know, the power play goal in there. But mm-hmm. at the same time, four other opportunities, almost nothing going in in them and then the penalty kill was one for four I mean that is absolutely atrocious and if you look at where they scored it was basically from the same spots on either side within the circles at a similar angle and there was just a complete lack of coverage in those areas definitely a lack of coverage but but here's really the most embarrassing part I mean Michael Hauser is an ECHL goalie we talked about it. And they could not su- – and we talked about it. We even talked about getting a lot of shots on net, and it seemed like that was the game plan for a while. And you let this guy beat you. Like, this guy is the guy that gets in your head and you can't beat him. Like, really? I mean, it's just – it is crazy. We talked about that. And so the other thing that we talked about, I had mentioned, and I'm going to mention it again, was Wade Allison. Based on – his lack of durability in his career, and I know this was a non-contact injury. This has nothing to do with the injury. This has everything to do with what happens when you call up a younger player that's playing for the first time this year, wants to make an impression on a team that's doing bad, and you saw him run into the post, right? We all saw that. And maybe that wasn't the injury, but it shows you the extra enthusiasm. And my my thought was on the show uh, about a week ago, or a little less, was that he needed to play a couple weeks straight without showing any signs of injury for me to bring him up. And so then the the static I get on that was, well, he was the closest thing to fill in for Joel Farabee. Well, guess what? There is no closest thing to fill in for Joel Farabee. Right now, they can't do anything. So Connor Bunneman would have been fine because it really doesn't matter. That wasn't the reason you were going to win or lose the game. You still have enough guys that if they wanted to play their game could still cause trouble and at least beat the Buffalo Sabres. It didn't happen. And I can't use injuries as an excuse because we know that there's teams that have been equally laid up. But like you said, the power play has stunk all year. It really hasn't mattered who's been on it, has it? No, I I mean, I think they've had moments where they had things that were working. Okay, some moments, but but, as a whole. But not as a whole, no. And and honestly, you know, even going back to what you said about taking shots on Hauser, most of the shots that the Flyers were taking were from the perimeter. Yeah. They weren't getting enough shots closer in to get him to move in a way or to allow like screens to work more effectively like they just weren't taking quality shots overall and I I I think that they just got in this mentality at the beginning of shoot first think later that they weren't even being remotely deliberate about their choices I also thought it was just appalling to me the amount of pucks that the Sabres were able to steal away from the Flyers in the neutral zone. It was mm-hmm. unbelievable. It was like if they took one or two whacks at it, they had the puck. Like it really was that easy. Yeah, and it showed with you know what the Sabres were able to put together. I mean, three guys on that team with two goals each. Yeah. And we talked on the show uh, on Friday to preview the game when we were talking about Jeff Skinner. We're like, is mm-hmm. it like hit or miss? But you got to keep an eye on him. Well, it was yes. like a hit. 
It was a hit game. It was a hit game. And it was funny because I think it was the second goal. Nobody was on him. No. He he had a wide open. And it's like, listen, this is still Jeff Skinner. He's still got a great shot. And you're right. Those were our exact words. (laughs) Yeah. I know, like, the second he scored like, his first goal, I was like, oh, no. This is, like, it was a bad sign just because, you know, if Jeff Skinner was having a good game, yeah, then that rest of the line was just going to follow suit because that's how it works with him. Yeah, it's true. I know we've had, like, a weird conversation on this. Maybe weird's not the right word, but we've had an ongoing conversation about Connor Bonneman, and he's not the linchpin for this team. You're right. But... In a bottom six role, he's fine. He right. can handle himself at the NHL level. He does have some creativity. He's flexible with where he can play. Mm-hmm. And I just don't see like why they keep either not calling him up or sending him down in these circumstances when maybe he could have provided some stability into that bottom six that wasn't there at all. Yeah, it's, it's puzzling. And I don't have an answer. I don't. And... You know, Mike Yo is doing some things right for sure, and he's saying the right things, but I don't know who's listening to him. Like, that's the whole thing. At this point, this is on the players. I mean, Yo, mm-hmm. Yo's doing what he can. I think he's gone above what a coach could do as far as trying to talk to these guys, reason with them, whatever. He's done everything but beg them. Yeah, and... You know, once again, Claude Giroux gets a multi-goal game and is kind of hung out to dry. Oh, yeah. He's the one that says, yeah, we're at rock bottom. And, like, there's only so much he can do, too. It's true. and and But, you know, the worst part is there's nobody that's going to, like, say something as hard or equally as hard as Claude Giroux. I'm going to go and, and I'm going to fall back on Keith Yandel again because if you're getting to play all these games – to set a record, can't you be like a leader too? Have you heard Keith Yandel say anything? I mean, he hasn't had a ton to say, but... But say something like, I could play better. I should be doing more. I'm the guy on the power play. I can make the power play happen. Did he do any of that recently? I mean, not to my recollection. Same here. All right, well, we're going to be continuing this part of the conversation in, you know, toward the end of the show. Today, we're going to talk a little bit about tonight's game against the Dallas Stars next. But before that, we're going to talk about our friends over at Built Bar. And it's still January, so you still have time to maybe start some New Year's resolutions. And if yours is about getting fit or being healthier, Built Bar is a great thing to include in your plan. They're a protein bar, but they taste just like candy bars. And some of them actually taste better, I think. It makes it so much easier to stick to a resolution, unlike other protein bars, which sometimes are chalky or waxy or taste like chemicals. If you want to eat healthy, but eat something that is not boring. Bill Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. When you're craving a snack or a treat, reach for something that's healthy and tastes incredible. Your typical Bill Bar has 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, but also 17 grams of protein. They have so many delicious flavors to choose from. I really like the salted caramel, also the raspberry and the mint brownie, but they're always coming out with new limited time flavors. So go to built.com and you'll see what's new. 
While you're there, use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Thanks for making Locked On Flyers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all of your favorite podcasting platforms. Looking ahead to tonight's matchup against the Dallas Stars, the first half of a back-to-back where uh, we have to play the Islanders again tomorrow, so that'll be great. But Dallas is in a real interesting spot right now. Um, They are fifth in the Central, but decently far behind the top four teams in the division, but they really have to keep up the pace to get that last wild card spot because it seems like both of the wild card spots is are going to go to central teams because the Pacific just isn't as good overall. And so they're still in the hunt, but they're falling a little behind. They've done themselves a couple of favors recently. In their last two games, they beat the Red Wings five to four in overtime. They came back to win against the Sabres five to four. And those are two road wins in a row, and they have struggled on the road this season. So for them, it was um, really confidence boosting to win those two games in a row on the road. Notice they also scored five goals in both of those games, which is very good and something that the Flyers have struggled with. Um, Their losses before those two road wins were to the Habs, the Lightning and the Panthers. So kind of a mix of good and and bad, but obviously Lightning and Panthers are, are tough opponents. And I think Dallas has every reason to want to continue this win streak that they have going. Yeah, no question. They're going to come in. They play heavy hockey, Yanni Hockenpah, Ben in the crease. They have guys that, that will hit you. So if this is a time where the Flyers are going to feel down on their luck and talk about injuries, you're going to get injured in this game because these guys will come in and play that hard. Uh, they have speed guys like Gorianov. We see Tyler Sagan is is getting his scoring touch back, but Pavelski is there is still their leading guy and Jason Robertson just loads of talent. I've I've written about him for many a time already. Great prospect, but he's a big strong kid and so if you leave him even close to as open as you left Jeff Skinner, he's going to get a couple goals. Like this is this is a team that le- recently I want to say got fired up after Rick Bonus took his stick and took a stick, not his cuz he's not playing anymore. He's right. And and broke it against the back bench into a million mm-hmm. pieces, got fined for it. But I think since then, I feel like the team got the message. I think that was the way of him getting across how mad he was. And I'm not saying this team's going to make the playoffs, but what I am saying is this is a desperate team and they know there's players on the, on the trading block here. And they know the flyers are right now a hurting team. And normally we would say, well, you know, a hurting team, that's the worst kind of team to play in the league. I don't think that's the Flyers right now. So I think the game plan has to be just right because Braden Hope has been playing really well, too. Otherwise, this could be one of those five goal games for Dallas. Yeah, you know, a couple of things. First off, on Rick Bonus getting mad. That's after, you know, St. Louis was able to 
come back with two power play goals in the waning minutes of a game. Like they should, Dallas should have won that game, but they just blew it in the last couple of minutes with bad penalties and then giving up power play goals. And so there was a good reason why he was angry. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, you're right. I think they seem to have. I wouldn't say 100% turned it around, but in terms of being responsive to adversity, I think they've been able to do that a little bit and or at least a little bit more consistently than they had prior to that (laughs) temper tantrum. But the other thing I do want to mention is uh, you mentioned mentioned Jason Robertson and that top line with him and Pavelski and Hintz is really, really good right now. And all three of them are contributing, I think, pretty in a pretty balanced way to the success of that line. Right now, they're um, seventh overall in the league as far as lines go in terms of expected goals for percentage, ninth overall in expected goals for per 60. And if you look at the lines above them, it's only those top lines like Crosby's line, Matthew's line, Bergeron's line, you know, players like that. So to be hanging in that company, for like for Dallas to have that kind of support where they have guys who can score when they need to, guys who can drop penalties when they need to, like that top line for Dallas is doing it all. And a very squeaky voice. Um, where the, where's the Flyers top line in this list? <laughs> oh, God. Um, you know, on these lists, it's actually not the top line. Um, it's it's another line that's not hanging with these guys at all. But further down the list is your um, when Lawton was centering Lindblom and JVR. Okay. So that's the closest you're going to get with the Flyers, and that's in much more limited minutes. Yes. Than than these other lines we're talking about. These other lines we're talking about have three times as many minutes as that Flyers combo. Makes sense. But, you know, the other thing, too, is that, you know, the team is, you know, they struggled earlier with a a COVID issue. They had some injuries there. So but they seem to be back at full, pretty full strength. I think Radulov is the only one that's still like trying to get back up to game shape from uh, being out with COVID. And the only thing that's been, I think, a huge deal for the Stars this season has been goaltending. They've had a four goalie system <laughs> this season and now um, have sort of narrowed it down to three. But like Jake Edinger has been pulled twice in the last several weeks, but Holpe like won those two last road games and he had been struggling too. So it's like with the stars, you kind of don't know what goalie you're getting on any particular day. It's true. I, I, I've talked about this somewhere else before, but I feel like they're screwing up uh, Jake Ottinger's development here. They're Mm -hmm. yo-yoing him. They don't know what to do with, with Kudobin. They're Holpe was playing horribly and now he is playing better. And his save percentage is sort of up to where you'd say, all right, it's res- it's Braden Holtby respectable. But Ottinger's their goalie of the future, and they have been yo-yoing him. And I, I, you know, that is a sore spot. But as far as for this game for the Flyers, any of those goalies are good enough to beat the Flyers because Michael Hauser was. That is also true. <laughs> but I, I don't know. I do think this is a home game for the Flyers. Mm-hmm. Um it is, you know, we'll talk about it probably a bunch more tomorrow uh, because it is the uh, tying the record game for Keith Yandel. 
So there's certainly some motivation for the team, you would think, to win it for him on this special day at home because the record-breaking day will be on the road now. Mm-hmm. Originally, this game would have been the game that he would have broken the record um, until they postponed that that Carolina game a couple weeks back. So, you know, if they can't like get some motivation together to get Keith Yandel across this finish line, like what are we doing? Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, all I can say is I, I, I wouldn't bet on it. Bet Online would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our march to the playoffs and beyond. Bet Online remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. New year and a new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKEDON to get started. From football, basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. Bet Online, where the game starts. Okay, Russ, it is Monday, so it is time for our nemesis of the week. If you are newer to the program, each Monday we look at the week coming up and say who or what in hockey is likely to be our nemesis, the thing that gets our goat, the thing that is bugging us the most. And we both love getting to do this segment every week because we get to get out some frustration and um, honestly, in like the world of hockey and the world of the Flyers, it's uh, it's a good thing that we get to do. So um, if you ever have a nemesis that you have, please uh, let us know as well. You can tweet that to us or email us as well. Happy to take suggestions on that front. Uh, last week, we talked about the Islanders because we had that back to back and that those mm-hmm. two games would be you know, pretty defining as to who the Flyers were. And if they were going to be able to turn it around and especially the Islanders being in a position themselves to need to do the same thing, that did not go well for the Flyers. Yeah, it did not. And so, you know, we find ourselves in a slightly different position. Uh, We are playing the Islanders again this week, but it's a it's a light week. You know, it's a three game week uh, going into the All-Star break or or starting to head toward that all-star break and I think you know for me the the nemesis this week and maybe it's even looking longer term than this week but it's time because I think the Flyers are in a weird spot with there being both not enough time left in the season to really make a good run at -hmm. things but also too much time where we're too far away from the trade deadline and too far away from the end of the season to make any significant moves that would help this team in the short term. Even if Chuck Fletcher was the most, you know, amazing GM on the planet and could, you know, pull incredible deals out of thin air, like how would that even help this team right now? And so it it is like a really difficult position that the team is in, in order to try to do anything. And it just feels like at least for the next six, eight weeks, we're stuck in a little bit of this holding pattern. So my nemesis is going to be, I guess, the hubris that we're going to hear this week from Flyers management 
as if they still have a chance. There won't be any talk of a full rebuild. There'll probably never be talk of that. Uh, Chuck will say he's working the phones hard. We know that. And nothing will happen for the next little bit. I would be in player development mode and I would be getting as many players up as I could to see what I have in the system, not the same guys. I would not be worried about filling like the Joel Farabee role when Joel Farabee is out because it doesn't matter. You're so many far points behind in the standings that at this point, player development is actually more important than keeping James Van Riemsdyk happy, as an example. So I would be worried. I would be working on that. I would be putting Limblom, like you said, on the top line. I would be rewarding the guys that are playing hard, and I would be dropping the guys down that aren't. And if they can't handle that, that's fine. It's not going to hurt their trade value because teams know what these players can do. But as far as for the fans, the fans deserve a better product on the ice. And if you know Zach McEwen's going to become the folk hero of this season, then you know it was a bad season. And it's no offense against Zach; it's just the way that he plays the game. Yeah, I you know I think that's that's part of this is that. I do believe that Chuck Fletcher would be having a press conference this week anyway, regardless of how the Flyers were doing, because it's about halfway through the season. And that's what Mm -hmm. you do in management. So I don't think it's indicative of anything in particular that's going on. And they're like, you know, I was trying to say with, you know, time being the nemesis is that there's just it's not a good time right now to do anything right there's just not a good deal to be made now and so i don't think firing anybody is going to help anything with this no, team right now it's not. the moving a guy isn't gonna help anything right now it's just a matter of the players turning things around themselves and they have not shown themselves to be able to do that this season thus far And so I I do think you're right that really the only move is player development. And so it's putting guys in maybe slightly different positions that Mm -hmm. will give them a chance to grow and to see what they can do in different circumstances. You know, put Oscar Lindblom on the power play as well. Doing those sorts of things. Get Bunneman back up. Get Lena Sandine up in, in a little bit. I mean, you know. We'll talk about the Phantoms tomorrow, but I think that there are some opportunities there to at least give a couple of guys a shot at the Flyers level. And that that's the only thing you can do right now is try to get individual players going in, in different circumstances and, you know, give them give them a chance. And well, there then, is one more thing. Yeah. There is one more thing. And and I saw a clip of it and I forget what team it was. Uh, and I don't remember what team, so I'm not going to say, but they could be practicing harder than they're practicing now. And Mike Yo could really turn up the heat on that if he wants. And Mike Yo could also say there are no more optional skates except for what's in, you know, what the CBA says. So every time you come to practice, it's going to be like a game. Be ready for it. Because like, I think yesterday, Sam Corcitti had put up before the Sabres game, there were five players on the ice for an optional skate. And so, like, that's it. I'm done with that. I am now going to bag skate these guys if I have to. Yeah, I mean, that's certainly an option that that's out there. And, you know, I don't I don't know that 
this team is going to be responsive to that, but it's certainly worth a try. They're not responsive to anything else. I know, else. that's yeah. what I'm saying. It's certainly worth a try. And, and let's see, you know, have some closed-door practices, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I think that's okay. I would be okay if they wanted to do some stuff like that. But, you know, we'll see. I, I just, it is really hard to see anything being successful with this team. But at this point, you got to try it all. You do. All right. On that, uh, I don't know if it's a <laughs> uplifting or <laughs> depressing note, but there are still things to try, is your point. And I think that is a good yeah, one. Yeah, we're, mo- we're trying to motivate. Yeah. 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 So th- that is a, a good one. I'm wrapping things up with uh a not another not flyers fun thing let's do a sabers fun thing uh they had all their players uh walk in to the arena in different youth hockey jerseys from around the buffalo area and i thought that was pretty neat um highlighting all those different clubs i like it i think that's a a really nice way to you know engage your fans but also especially the ones that uh do play have played whatever i mean there is one guy in this picture that maybe that jersey doesn't fit like it used to, but that's okay. If that's the one you have, you could still wear it. Yeah, I, I just think it's uh, it's a lot of fun. So you can see like, oh, this NHL player is wearing my team's jersey. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. That'll do it for today's show. We will be back again tomorrow. We'll recap tonight's game against the Stars. We'll look ahead to see about Keith Yandel breaking that Iron Man streak, and we will talk about the Lehigh Valley Phantoms. As a reminder, we always want to hear from you. Send us in your mailbag questions via Twitter at Lockdown Flyers, or you can email us at lockdownflyers at gmail.com. I am Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R M I R I A M. I'm Russ, and I'm at Sportsology, S P O R T S O L O G Y. You made us your first listen today. Now make your next listen Locked On Bets. It's your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs, and it's hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling.